0: It is the 200 level, My Carpenter in the basement studio on a Tuesday evening, nice and early, just after 7 o'clock. We're going to get underway with the second half of the Illinois michigan game here in just a bit. But I, I kind of wanted to do a dual podcast in that we will react to the second half, what is an 18-point Illinois lead, some signs of life defensively, especially late in that half, and an offense that, guess what, they can cook. We already knew that. But also take a bigger picture look at what's coming up the rest of the season, and, and what I asked listeners on twitter today was what is your level of concern right now and i don't want to make that sound like it's a red alarm fire it is not but having been at michigan state on saturday which was a great environment and a game that when it was 72 66 i thought oh my god i'm gonna see one at breslin center i'm in a complete implosion but that was actually kind of a long time coming when you look at that game because what got illinois the 72 to 66 lead were a series of stops And yeah, the offense was bad late, but really, when you score 80 points on the road in a Big 10 game, you win more often than not. And that wasn't enough. It has become tiring to see Illinois continue to give up the other team's best offensive performance since... That is a trend. That is beyond just, oh, you got the best shot from this team, that team, and the other team, which all may be true, but that doesn't excuse some of the ease with which other teams are scoring. So after the Michigan State game, especially waking up Sunday morning having my hotel breakfast, I thought that's got to get better or this team may not achieve much more than what we've seen in years past. And that's even with an offense and some skill that it could allow it to compete for a second weekend spot and maybe beyond, right? There's enough on this team where I'm still excited at what they could do, but we're a little bit back in wait and see mode because of the defense. Now, the question I asked on Twitter, again, not five alarm fire, none of that. But as we back underway in the second half, what I'm looking for is continued consistency on the defensive side. And it's not all going to happen in one night. It's not like Illinois is going to snap their fingers and be great defensively again, nor do they have to become great defensively in general. But I do think that you want to see them start creeping up that Ken Palm defensive efficiency scale. They're 41st right now. They were in the 20s, I believe, in December. I can't say that for certain, but I know they were one of the few teams that were around the top 20 in each offensive and defensive efficiency. For a lot of bracketologists and people that look at March, that is a metric they look at. The teams that are on both of those have a chance to make a deep run. Without those two, it's difficult to go deep in March. Can you inch your way back? Up the defensive efficiency. The second half would be a way for this team to continue to do that. They are not letting Michigan shoot threes. They did allow a few too many easy dunks. But they tightened up in the last five minutes. And what did it lead to? A huge run on offense. These things go hand in hand. So we're going to get underway in the second half. We'll hit up the sponsors at the first timeout. And we're going to try to keep this macro, and hopefully Illinois will have a lead, which allows us to do that. They are up 18, and we're underway. So here's Damas, the lineup right now. Damas, Ty, Quincy, Terrence, and Coleman, you're starting five. Quincy did have a three in the first half, but still relatively quiet. So with 19.45 to go, here's Damas in the corner. He is almost getting doubled up there. Michigan, though, does not account for Coleman. Open three is up and good, and Illinois shooting lights out, but getting any look they want. Michigan's bad. They're very, very bad. Don't let Stephen Bardo tell you any different. Or I think he said early in the pod, in the broadcast, and Trevor heard this, that Juwan knows what he's doing. Does he? I don't know. But I will say, it's not as much fun to make fun of Michigan with as bad as they're playing. And Doug McDaniel's not even on the court. He's got his road game suspension. It's not as much fun anymore. So here we go. Michigan, offensive possession, open three's no good. Overall, though, I like the intensity from Illinois on that possession. 19 minutes to go. Illinois a chance to extend their lead even further. Here's Terrence taking it to the rim, up and in, and one. Good God. Well, this thing could, was becoming a blitz towards the end of the first half and a 5-0 run for Illinois to start here in the second. Now, as I mentioned, today is going to be kind of parallel tracks. we got the game going on, of course, but talking about the long term. And part of the reason I'm kind of bridging these two together is... I don't know the next time I'm going to podcast. We're going to Vegas on Saturday, and I'm getting back Tuesday, so it might be next Wednesday for a Penn State podcast. This is Terrence making his free throw to go up 24. 53-29. Terrence with 20, let's see, 22 points. I'll have to check that here. They'll probably show it in a bit. Under 19 to go. Michigan with the ball. I'm just focusing on defense. Illinois will score plenty. All right. Namari Burnett over to Nkumwa. I forget that. This is Ter- Terrace Reed. No good. Does Illinois get the board? No. Up and in. And the bigs continue to be a problem for Illinois. Coleman and DeMass can't get it loose from them. A little bit frustrating. There was a moment in the first half, actually, with Goody where he let a loose ball. He touched both hands. They ended up calling that change of possession, and that allowed Michigan to go to the line where they missed both free throws. Other than that, Illinois done pretty well, I think, with loose balls today. But Reed continues to be a load. Eight points for him. Makes it a 22-point lead. I'm just keen on the defense. Are they going to be perfect today? No. But I think the goal is keep Michigan under 60. And that's attainable as it's 53-32. to 32. So score as many points as you want. Keep him under 60. All right. Here's a little bit of pressure from Michigan, but Illinois gets it across no problem. Good job by Ty finding Terrence and back to Ty. 18-30 to go. One foul on each team early on in the second half. Terrence. Gets a pick from Coleman. He steps back for the three. He is on some heater. I think that's 25 for Terrence. 56 to 32. Wow. Someone in the chat thread, and I'm going to hit that up as well during breaks, had mentioned that Terrence is back. Yeah, I mean, certainly looks it. It looked it up in East Lansing, too. He was very aggressive offensively. And just too easy. An easy little... I understand two is not as bad as three giving it up, even though Michigan State got plenty of threes. I, the ease with which Michigan, though, has been getting dunks and layups, even, I know they only got 34 points, but they're bad. They're bad. So you're kind of playing uh, with a curve here. Quincy in the corner, trying to take it in. He kicks it back out to Terrence. Terrence, step back three again? No, I'm a little bit short on that one, but he gets his own board. He has a chance to take a baseline. He kicks it to Coleman. The three is up, and good. Illinois can't miss. 59 to 34. But again, defense. All right. Reed, who is a very good player. And I look at a Michigan team here with Reed and Burnett and, and Terrence Williams, the third is okay. And Kumwa, yeah, they got enough to not be this bad. And that's an 18 footer there. I I will give a team that. That does not bother me. The easy dunks and layups do, but that right there is not. It's 59 to 36 with 17 to go. Here is Ty bringing it up the court. We're seeing more tick for him, especially late in the first half. I like that. Harmon's still a non-factor. Quincy, kind of that too. So you'd like to see the second half as an opportunity to get them feeling a little bit better, especially offensively. Coleman uh, gets the foul. So 16.48 to go. And Illinois will go the line to shoot two. Now, back real quick to the Michigan State game. We didn't do a podcast after that. I noticed when I was talking to friends in the text thread And Isaac and Trevor as well. The general sentiment from Alani fans seemed to be I don't want to think about Illinois sports for a couple days, which tells me that loss hurt. Now, having been there and my wife being a Michigan State alum, and this, this was a Christmas present I got her. She'd never been to Breslin, but if you go to school at Michigan State, and especially back in the day, it was really difficult to get in the I Zone. We're talking camping out and all that. Football games, not a problem. I Zone, you had to commit. She didn't do that. Uh, One of my best friends who lives in Austin right now, he didn't do that either. But she had never even been to the stadium. So great trip for her. She gets the win. We split the season series. And I immediately pivoted to, okay, that loss sucked. We got blitzed. But let's have fun in East Lansing, which we did. And I will say that it is a very friendly rivalry as Terrace Reed's taking it down. no, uh, They're going to call foul on Coleman. And... Yeah, I mean, I'd rather foul and make him earn it. I think that's Coleman's first or second. But it was a very friendly rivalry and a smattering of orange at Breslin. I got to say, Illinois fans were well represented. Brian, good friend of mine who goes to Dave's show, saw him in the concourse, saw some Illini fans at the bars we went to afterwards. So anyway, the game was not as much of a gut punch for me. The, the day went on. We had a really good time in East Lans- Lansing, which is, which is a great college campus. Read misses his first. But it was after I sat on it or slept on it that it, it occurred to me that, man, that was a big missed opportunity. And it's the kind of loss that it'll make it more difficult for you to find your way back into the three line. But then I thought for a second that, okay, what is really the priority here? Seed lines or just the eye test? And I think we're looking at a much more, and metrics will bear this out, but also just that feeling of, is this team recapturing that both sides efficiency that we saw? in late November through mid-December. Because there was a moment there, even the Tennessee game, good chunks of that, where you felt like, hey, this could trend to something pretty darn good. And it just has defensively fallen off such a cliff that it it worries you. So Illinois with a 24-point lead, a nice take from Damask. But Quincy, wow, that could be big. Quincy gets the miss. Nice little turnaround, almost layup, from about five feet away. Great finish for him. Anything to get Quincy going, because he is essential for this team to be as dangerous as they can be. All right, Terrace Reed, a charge on him. Coleman gets the call. I think it might have been right. There was a lot of shoulder on that. And we go to a timeout with a 26-point Illinois lead. Michigan at 37. Remember, the goal, keep them under 60. I'm watching that more than offense, which for Illinois is pretty damn good. All right. What are we, 10 minutes in this podcast? I'll hit up the YouTube chat feed here in a second. Before I do, a reminder that the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Go online and order at dpdoe.com for a custom zone with any topping that you want, or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone. That's dpdoe.com. Also, Got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. For life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it, Brian is my guy. And he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. And one thing I mentioned before that we get for free with State Farm, the Ting app, T-I-N-G. It monitors your home's electrical system. One of those perks that you get from State Farm Center, no extra cost, and gives you peace of mind as home fires are one of the biggest reasons for loss of property in this country. So that is Brian Hanson online at brianismyguy.com, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. They got this cool thing going on at Dogtown. $1,000 off any Bradford white water heater, Renai tankless water heater, or Bosch mini split unit when you buy a Lenox home comfort system. No gimmicks, no hidden fees, just $1,000 in savings when you call Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Did I mention They offer 0% financing options for qualifying applicants. Let Dogtown solve your home's comfort needs. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. That's 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing, your home's best friend. And finally, Owen Builders, online at owenbuildersllc.com. For home additions, patios, decks, check out a gallery of their excellent work online at owenbuildersllc.com. You can get a free quote, and I will also let you know that Luke and his staff... Not just great craftsmen of what they do, but it's the communication that they have with their clients that sets them apart from other contractors. And for anyone that's ever had big projects done in their home, you know that that can be a frustrating element of it. Not with Owen Builders, LLC. I'm on OwenBuildersLLC.com. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate them and appreciate you. If you are on YouTube, do me a favor. Uh, subscribe or like us. And uh, I appreciate those that are hopping on this early early Tuesday evening apparently it was a late arriving crowd at the State Farm Center people finishing dinner and whatnot I love these early starts love it and if you are listening anywhere you get your podcast just be sure to follow us as well again this will probably be the one podcast this week and after that it's going to be a blitz of podcast Starting with Penn State next Wednesday and you're looking at least two games a week for the last five weeks of the season hopefully more all right Illinois can't miss defensive intensity i think the last 10 minutes of regulation fairly uh, encouraged by it hey big tota with five exclamation points good to see you too hawkins at 13 points and five assists i thought overall he was very good at michigan state as well i know there was the technical and there were a couple silly plays late but him and terrence were by far the best players on the court for illinois and they are again tonight Demass kind of quiet he finds terrence when Terrence has 25, Damascus doesn't need to do a lot, but he is taking Michigan off the dribble. Going down low, he gets blocked. Terrence Williams, the third, who feels like he's been at Michigan for seven years. He's got the Eli Brooks, Isaiah Livers look. I mean, they, they all look very similar to me. We got a foul on the floor, it looks like. Illinois wanted to travel, but won't get it. They're third. Michigan has three as well, with 15.30 to go. That was in Kumwa. If I'm saying that correct. Uh, YouTube feed, I'll get to your stuff here at the next commercial break. So, with this lineup right here, what I'm looking for is Harmon defensively. Going to key on him and see who they got him on. Maybe Llewellyn, the backup point guard who's in for Doug McDaniel. This is Luke Goody in there as well. And it's really him and Justin Harmon that I'm keying on defensively and a push on Luke, who, yes, had a rough game at Michigan State. Seven boards, one three made. I think he had three points. It was defensively where he just struggled, and I will say there was a stretch there with about five minutes ago where I felt he got no luck on the calls, and then eventually they got him. That was Damas third foul right there, too. Nine points quietly for him tonight. I think Luke is still a factor on this team. I, I like his rebounding. Nice job by Harmon getting in the passing lane. Terrence is going to take it himself. Is he? Fast break, nice give and take from him to tie back to Terrence, 65 to 37. I thought that Luke tonight, though, I'm seeing the activity, helping to get some loose balls, tapping rebounds to people. If the shot's not falling, even though he did get a three late in the first half, if the shot isn't falling at a high clip, he needs to do those little things to get that to earn that time. Long two, no good for Michigan. Illinois' defense starting to look a little bit better. Here's Terrence taking it in himself. Oh, he gets fouled. He is on something else right now. Um, You know, I I got the firsthand experience of going on the road and seeing how Terrence would get treated. It was the usual. It was uh, no means no, and then it was lock him up late. And this stuff doesn't bother me. This is what's going to happen in a circumstance like this. In the last four games, though, he is starting to play at that All-American level again. Defensively, of course, that's the concern going forward. You feel like he can address that, but there's very few other teams in the country that can say, oh, um, by the way, we added an All-American back in mid-January, which is essentially what Illinois was granted with that decision from the federal judge. So Terrence now, what is he at, 28? It's just unconscious right now. It is a 30 point Illinois lead, 67 37. Now, for those in the YouTube feed, if you had not responded on Twitter today, the question I'd ask is what is your concern level for this team? And I know it would be easy to allow yourself to be influenced by this. Bear in mind, Michigan is awful, but you are smoking them. So that means you're pretty good. But what is your concern level and what are you looking forward or what are you looking for in the next, let's say, few weeks? in order to make yourself feel as confident as you might have felt in early January. Nice take from Ty does not go in. It's still a 30-point lead for Illinois, 14.30 to go. I have a few thoughts on this before we get to the Twitter account and the responses there, but YouTube feed and yours as well. Here's mine. Uh, Terrence, three, no, he passes it up to Luke. Back to Terrence, he's gonna take another three. Nope, no, nope, passes it up. Ah, I got a little creative, but Justin Harmon corrals it. Nice feed to Ty, but too much passing. Ty has got to take that up. And an easy dunk for Michigan. Bad miss on the offensive end and an easy take for Michigan. Okay, you're up 26. I'm not going to get angry about that. It's getting too cute. <laughs> Ty, you're you're pretty good around the rim. Take it up, man. I, I want to see Ty continue to have that confidence and feel like he can take it when he's got a one-on-one situation, which he did there. Too much damn passing. And there is such a thing. Here's Coleman. On a fade fadeaway little ten footer is in. Wow, Coleman. Here's what I'm looking for: these next five games, Michigan at Maryland, at Penn State, Iowa and Minnesota at home, go five and zero. You might be saying, "Well, okay, let's not get ahead of ourselves here." Four and one would still be pretty good, but five and zero would be telling me that this team used that Michigan State loss as a galvanizing thing, right? And there's a chance that it could turn into that. There's a chance that they got in that locker room and thought, how the hell did we lose that game? As there was an easy take from Kumwa. So Michigan, with three straight possessions in which they have scored. Watching that closely here. But that's that's where I'm at. Just win the next five. I know that can be a dangerous game to play, and you could lose one of the next five. You could lose two of the next five, and then you could go on a heater the last regular season, week of the season. Time misses badly there, probably forced it. See, that's, that's a balancing act for him offensively. Luke tries to get a steal. doesn't quite work. But for me, it is this next five. And when on Saturday, we're going to O'Hare and getting ready to fly to Vegas. I don't know how much of the game I'll see. Uh, probably the second half when we're in the concourse in the terminal. But when I'm checking my phone, if I'm seeing Maryland up seven, Maryland up eight, lifeless performance, No, then I'd start to get a little bit worried. If I see Maryland scoring 70 points, I start to get a little bit worried that really no progress has been made. And then the clock starts ticking and you really only do have so much time to figure out defensively how to be good again. Now they're under such a microscope defensively that I want to try to be fair about that and not overanalyze everything they do or do not do. I don't want to take a 6 nothing Michigan run and say, oh, the defense sucks again. That's a little bit of a small sample size and a Michigan team that actually offensively could be worse, but that's where I'm at when the next five. And at that point, you would be 13-4 and four in the conference. I'm not worried about conference titles. It's, it's not going to happen. Purdue cannot be caught, and you are likely going to lose another two, maybe three games. But it's winning the next five to show that you were able to respond to what I thought was a bit of a crossroads moment after Michigan State. So far, the returns tonight are pretty good, right? The margin, of course. Defensively, better but still some lapses. Let's see what the rest of the game brings. But let's hit up some of what you and the YouTube feed are talking about before we get to... We got a break here, so I'm going to get the YouTube feed right now. Before I get to the Twitter responses. And again, thank you guys for joining me, those who are in there. Uh, let's see here. From Big Tota, defense my only concern, 1 to 10 scale, it's at a 7 allowing too many points in the paint i'd agree with that from ryan not getting my hopes up in the slightest for the weekend game at maryland 4 and 1 the next 5 or it's unacceptable uh and big total let me know what latulip said yesterday with jeremy i still need to listen to that podcast i myself had to take a break after that game and not think about alani basketball for a bit so tonight's a nice little palate cleanser From Jordan, just defense or offense is great. I mean, I think that tends to be the thing. There are some thoughts that I thought were very interesting on Twitter that I'll get to in the next break. But I would agree. I mean, even with the offensive uh, plateauing late against Michigan State or just not really executing... That doesn't bother me long-term. I mean, yeah, I would have liked to see them do better late in the game against Michigan. I would have liked to see them do better offensively late in the game against Nebraska. But what helps your offense, your defense? And every run, I mean, God, at Michigan State, a game that there were moments where I thought, how are we leading? Well, it, it's we would get a few stops in a row. We'd string them together. Our offense is good enough. We're just, they're going to score. Given enough opportunities, they're going to put a lot of points on the board. But without those stops, you're just kind of up a creek. And we got a fast break opportunity on a steal. Harmon with a nice finish. Using his body to shield himself and puts Illinois back up. 28. And it's that kind of thing right there, right? Defense leads to easy points. We already have 71 points with 12 minutes to go. And I will amend this a little bit. I said keep Michigan under 60. But this is a game where possessions are very quick. And what's going to matter more are points per possession. Luke can't corral the rebound. That really pisses me off. And it's going to be a miss. And we can't get a rebound. And Marcus Damask with his second weak ass and one foul. That's his fourth. That drives me nuts. As it drives Underwood nuts. Weak ass and one fouls. Unaccept. You're 22, 23 years old. Foul with authority. It pisses me off. Quincy had one or two of those where he basically went "Eh." lightly feather tap don't even touch him at that point foul him or don't foul him so Damasco sit that's fine you pull that crap sit (laughs) I want to try to not extrapolate from individual plays but when Goody can't handle the damn rebound and then DeMass can't handle the rebound on the other side after a second miss and they get a third opportunity and then you allow an and one, sit your ass on the bench. That pisses me off. And you're up 26 points. So you could say, Carp, chill. But it's not about that play. It's about that thing happening in a game that actually matters. That's what it's about. Not Michigan, scrub team from Juwan Howard, who I'm not even gonna really talk about. Jawan today, it's not about him but come on, man. And he knew it. Yeah, okay, Marcus feels bad, but I'll better next time. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope so, because that kind of stuff for an old team, I, I would imagine that, happening much more to a team that has relative inexperience. This team has loads of experience, and I would like to think they're too smart to do that crap. Man. Sorry, Big Tota, but that just really ruffles my feathers. As you could tell, all right, good to see Harmon get a take there. Good to see Quincy get a take earlier to get to five points. Overall, the defensive intensity, I'm liking it. You just got to corral the rebounds. Luke, Marcus. Um, I just like Ty out there. Can we talk about Ty for a little bit? That was the chorus after the game on Saturday, and I, I was carrying that torch as well, because I do think that Ty is just playing too good to not play him right now. It's silly to leave a guy that had eight points in rather limited time. I, maybe not limited time. I didn't see the minutes for him. Maybe 25, 26 because it's Michigan State. But eight points rather efficiently. There were a couple of bad takes. Yeah, there were. There were plenty of bad takes late in the game from guys not named Ty Rogers. And what does he bring you? A unique advantage defensively and with rebounding. So I just... Don't think you can have late-game situations anymore where it's a Justin Harmon instead of Ty. Much as I like that take from Justin, and much as I like him as a guy off the bench that occasionally can go off and can be pesky defensively, there's been too many mental lapses from him late in games to make me think, oh, you're playing the Wiley veteran. No, instead play Ty Rogers. More skilled. I know he can't shoot, but I think More skilled brings you more late-game situations than a Justin Harmon. That's not picking on Justin as much as it is saying, I think Ty's playing that good, and you've got to have him in your closing lineups. We won't probably get a taste, knock on wood, a taste of that today when you're up 25 with 11.30 to go. But I do think going forward, and that would probably start Saturday at Maryland, which is going to be a nip-and-tuck affair, let's see Ty when it counts. Quincy with a pump fake and a nice dunk. A pump fake that actually worked. But to his credit... Pump fake, he had some vision there and immediately attacked the rim. There was no like dribble left, dribble right. He just went. Nice job, Quincy. That would be great to see him get going. DGL getting some tick. Playing some defense up top. Trying to be disruptive. Uh, His guy, they're going to call foul on the floor against DGL. Eh. A little bit of a size disadvantage there after the switch. But watching this take again from Quincy. Pump fake, easy peasy. And here's where Ty was an advantage. If you watch that play, you see that Ty's defender, Namari Burnett, was focused on not letting Ty get in position for a potential rebound on the three. Ty is someone that defensively, or offensively, you need to start accounting for, right? And we're going to have a foul away from the ball. Please tell me this was not a shooting foul. It was not, Okay. Yeah, uh, Quincy's had a lot of shooting fouls recently that have gotten under my skin. I'm all good now about the Marcus thing. I'm sorry, everybody. I just need to... Yeah. From Brick Girls, uh, not Brickroll, she says, not sure how much it was a shooting foul. He misses it. Oh, so it's bonus already. And she says, not sure how much we can read into this because it is Michigan. I, listen, that's fair. They're terrible. They're really bad. I agree with what Trevor had texted early in this game that he liked the overall intensity. What a take by Terrence. He liked the overall intensity, and I likened it to Nebraska without Tominaga dropping three 30-footers in the first half. Essentially, the difference between being up a substantial amount or trailing. And that was an entertaining game, I thought, against Nebraska. In in a weird way, that didn't bother me until it did bother me late in that game. And what I mean by that is, until the three-and-a-half-minute mark of the Nebraska game, here's a take from Coleman, up and in. Wow, this is getting embarrassing for Michigan. 31-point lead for Illinois. I thought the second half was really good for Illinois until the last three and a half minutes, and then it forced overtime. That changed the narrative of that game, and it, it continued into Michigan State where you didn't respond defensively after the collapse defensively against Nebraska. That was disappointing. Now, Alani Brickroll, what can we really take from this? You know, knowing how bad Michigan is, I think that is a very valid question, and I think it'll be answered Saturday. I do like the fact that this is a quick turnaround after Michigan State. Get right back on the court. Get a few days before Maryland. Here's Terrence. Kick out to Quincy. The three. Wow. Illinois on some kind of heater. That's good for Quincy, who's now double digits for the first time in what feels like a while. 80-48 to and a charge on Michigan. Terrence runs into Quincy. They're laughing about it. Poor Terrence. And Quincy, too. Terrence runs into Coleman. Terrence runs into Quincy. They're okay. And that's what matters. All right. Um, But to that point, I was talking about Maryland. I love the Tuesday to Saturday stretch. I like that break. It's enough to be rested. It's not too much so as to feel like you're going to be rusty or anything and if there is a carryover effect we'll find out I think fairly early against against Maryland now we're already starting to see some subs come in for Illinois 80 to 48 here's Nico who promptly turns it over I don't know if this is just put the subs in for a minute or two we'll see Michigan three is up no good but I would like to not have to play the studs three for Michigan no good and, hey, a board for Illinois. This might get a little sloppy, everybody. Here's Nico. Let's, let's do a little play-by-play. Nico finds Justin Harmon. Three. No good. I almost thought Reed might have got a push off there, but I think Dane just misjudged the rebound. 8.45 to go. 32-point Illinois lead. Quincy and, oh, Nico getting pushed around here. What's, what is Nico doing on Will Shutter? Not a good matchup. But Will Shutter, I don't even know. Michigan's so bad, guys. Holy crap. (laughs) We had lunch on Sunday up in East Lansing with Kara's family. My brother-in-law is a huge Michigan fan. And I just, we talked about Juwan for all of 15 seconds. What is there to say? I mean, it's over. And... The, that program that's not going to be an easy fix for someone going in there because if you think about it DGL doesn't quite get that look at Dane and the effort nice Dane he wants it Dane wants it he finds DGL in the corner for three no but Dane gets another board and he gets fouled look at Dane flying around let him play the rest of the game love it Dane Dane with two free throws at he's Lansing by the way that was a nice little surprise but Michigan is not going to easily recover from this. When Jawan goes elsewhere, NBA or another school, some of these guys are not going to stick. That's been a problem even when Jawan has stayed. They've had guys go in the NBA a year or two early, probably. That's probably hurt his ability to sustain anything. But this thing was trending down, and now it's just exponentially cratered. Not something I would have expected when they hired him. I thought that this is a pretty dangerous hire. Here's DGL. And that's going to be a block. But Illinois keeps fighting. Here's Justin. The floater, no good. Up, in. What an effort by Illinois on that possession. It was messy as all get out. But what a freaking effort. They had like four or five different opportunities to score. That took like a minute. All right. Well, here's defensively. Hold on, Justin. It's going to be a media timeout. And one and one for Michigan coming out of it. But... Now might be a time, hit up the YouTube feed, hit up the Twitter responses to see what y'all had to say earlier about this, and also get some water. All right, let's see here. Yes, this would be, Jawan would be, I think, 0-9 at this point against Illinois, pretty sure. Someone might have to check that, but yes, he has not beaten Brad Underwood or Illinois. All right, let's hit this up real quick here. I got the Twitter question and the responses. All right, sorry everybody. So I have this phone that I got from Comcast and somehow it gave us like a cheaper account and this is my Read Reactions phone. And my regular phone is what you see in the YouTube stream, or what is giving you the YouTube stream. My question was, what is your concern level for this Solana basketball team? And follow-up, what do you need to see over the next five weeks to feel more confident heading into the NCAA tournament? From Jacob, who's in the YouTube feed, but also tweeted today. My level of concern is a four and going up. The offense is fine, but if you can't get stops, you'll turn to Iowa. Fair. I want to see improvement on D. Get that efficiency under 30, currently 41 per Ken Palm. Also need Quincy to get back to being consistent, and if he does, we'll be fine. Agree with most all of that, Jacob. And I think the efficiency, it'll be interesting to see how quickly you can climb back up the defensive efficiency ladder. Tonight will help. If they're 41. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe you're 38 just because of how bad Michigan's been. But that should probably help your metrics. From Andrew. This will probably be a popular response, but it's the defense for me. During the first half of the season, it felt like this Alani team would straight up bully the other team into taking stupid shots with the ball being swatted away and stolen constantly. So soft now. That is how I felt for the first month and a half of the season, Andrew. We've seen parts of that today. I, I think getting a little bit more active when a guy takes in the lane. We've seen a few knockarounds and, and Ty getting active, getting handsy, Coleman getting handsy, so that that is encouraging. But... Consider the opponent. Again, we'll know more, I think, when you play Maryland and you got to go against that awful matchup again of Jameer Young and Julian Reese. I think that'll tell a lot because that's a matchup that it might not be the best matchup for you, but you got to do better than what happened here. Now, check this out. Most points in the last 50 seasons, this team is the fourth highest scoring team for an Illini team in the last 50 seasons. 88-89 is at the top. 93-94... Under that. That would have been Quan and Dion. Really good offense. 87-88, I believe, was under that. Or 86-87. Ethan, I'm going to get to yours in just a second. Free throw from Michigan is good. It is a 33-point Illinois lead with 730 to go. Ethan says, one, late game has me concerned. Late game situations. It's taken a few games, but after Saturday, I was really tuned in on just how easy it is for opponents to score. This is the Big Ten. The players need to tighten that stuff up. More defense. Number two, Ethan, the follow up was, you know, what would make you start feeling better? And he says, beat Maryland on Saturday. Start there. Fair. I think that would go a long way. From two and a half. Defense sucks. Underwood can't make adjustments, and Damascus the closer. Another first weekend exit. Well, here's the thing defense sucks. It has sucked. Underwood can't make adjustments. Yeah, it's been problematic the last few weeks. And we had that discussion last week where we got tons of responses about your overall competence level in Brad Underwood, and it was pretty high. But we would all agree that the in-game adjustments are what leaves it lacking. It's like we agreed that the program CEO part of it is pretty darn good, and you feel really strong about where the program is as a whole. And this year's done a lot to address those macro concerns. But I would agree that micro, nice take from Damask here, I'd agree that micro. Come on, like when a guy has twenty, can you do something to try to neutralize that? Malik Hall and AJ Hogard went off, and we didn't do a whole heck of a lot to stop that. So two and a half. I'm not going to roast you for this. He says Damascus is the closer. Another first week in exit. I think you need to start seeing Terrence more. And Terrence had the ball, spread the court, let him cook. And I think you can mix and match that with Damask. And Damask sometimes with booty ball opens things up for others. He's got 11 points on 5-9 and shooting tonight. Despite that foul that really got me ticked off. He's really efficient offensively. And the turnovers, and there were two costly ones at Michigan State, but he had to handle the ball the whole game. I will say, I don't understand why they weren't giving him help. It had to be exhausting. I was exhausted watching him bring the ball up against Hogard. Every possession, I'm holding my breath. Help the guy out. Ty had a much better matchup. Why can't Ty be back there? And then he brings it up against Chris Cooper or whatever scrub frontcourt guy Michigan State has. Quick reset with 6.30 to go. Illinois up 84 to 50. Here's Damas taking it in. He will go to the line to shoot two. From Ben, concern isn't the best word, more just underwhelmed. It's great to have a relevant team, but it doesn't feel like this team is trending correctly and will underachieve the potential we saw from them early in the year. A familiar theme. That is a valid concern and you say more underwhelming, like the sense of being underwhelmed, I've felt that for the last three weeks. In fact, the last time that I felt probably really good about a performance I saw top to bottom was Northwestern at home. And that was at the turn of the calendar year. So what you don't really get the advantage of is just quality wins. So like Nebraska in a way is a quality win. It took every bit of you to get it, but it's kind of a quality win, and I think they'll make the tournament. There's a lot of scrubs in the Big Ten. So the at Michigan's, where you won by 15, and the, at Ohio State's, where you had a really good second half. It's hard to feel necessarily great after that because you know that they just aren't good. Illinois can't get the board. DGL, good effort defensively, but that will be a foul on Illinois. 86-50 with 6.15 to go. So... These next five games, I look at a schedule that, yeah, at Maryland and at Penn State will not be easy. But then again, come on. If you're legit, you start just winning these games, and and you win them with with some authority. And they did that at Ohio State. They did that at Michigan. I'd like to think that at Maryland and at Penn State are akin to that, even though both teams are playing a little bit better. But you almost won at Michigan State, despite an absolutely poorest defensive effort. And they, they are a heck of a lot better than Maryland or Penn State. All right, Marcus DeMass finding Dane. Dane up. He will go the line to shoot two with six to go. This is from Dave. Oh, no, no foul. Never mind. Thought there was. Dave says, unless the defense can turn things around, I see a high probability of losing in the first weekend in March. Underwood has a month to figure things out on the defensive end. Gotta be better in the pick and roll and limit switching on the perimeter, which forces guys to fight screens. Dave, I look at it this way. It is a month It is a process. We shall see within this month, and I think we'll have a good kind of gut feeling going in the tournament. It'll either be, oh, God, are we in the same boat? Like, are are we really struggling to keep anyone from getting to the rim at will, which is what it felt like at East Lansing? Or we'll think, hey, you know, there's signs of life. They're getting better defensively. Four weeks to do that is plenty of time to feel better about it. And it's not so much that we need phenomenal defensive performances now, but... At least we've seen seeds of that tonight. We're Michigan right now with 51 points with 542 to go. We've seen seeds of it and an intensity that overall has been better. But Dave, unless it does get better, I think your point is very valid. All right, what else have we got from Tyler? Only real concern right now is team defense and the amount of points they're giving up. But I think they're more than capable of getting that fixed. I still think this team has the best chance for tournament success in Underwood Era due to multiple scoring threats and experience. Fair? I I would agree with that. And in a way, I don't want to fast forward to Selection Sunday because I want to see this process through, but part of me does to see what's the matchup. And there are certain matchups where, let's say you get a four or five and you get Clemson in the second round as a five. They're in the like high 30s in Ken Palm. There are favorable matchups to be had. And this team, I mean, I think when that bracket comes out, we'll kind of know, oh, wow, we can do this. Whereas, you know, the Loyola game is the one that stands out. But Houston two years ago, that scared everybody. We knew they were really good. Arkansas last year, we knew that they were a very talented team that underachieved. Some of these disappointments have been against better teams. The Loyola game, inexcusable, almost losing to Chattanooga, inexcusable, the overall flatness with which they played, inexcusable, but I'm really hoping that selection Sunday, we see these things get unveiled and we're like, oh wow, somehow the 38th team on Kenpom is the 5C that we would play in the second round, how exciting, and that'd be a nice break for us, all right, what else we got here, from Uncle Cracker, I don't know if it is the Uncle Cracker of alt-rock fame in the late 90s, early 2000s. But Uncle Cracker says, one, better personnel rotations, tournament style by possession if need be. More Dane and Moretti. Um, I like Dane for a couple more minutes of game because I think he gets some easy buckets, and he's a bad matchup for some people. Uh, Moretti, I don't know about that. I, I like DGL just because he can fly around defensively, and uh, Kid does not lack in confidence. Number two from Uncle Cracker, change of defense, adjust, zone once in a while. Yes, I want to win the Big Ten, but I want us to win a few games in the tournament for once. Yeah, my... I could care less about the Big Ten at this point. It's not. It's, one, it's not going to happen. Two, that's not what this team really needs to do in order to make the fan base feel like, oh, okay, we are good. This team making the second weekend, that's all we're starting with, right? Not that it's easy, but it's not impossible. It does answer the one remaining question we have as to whether or not Underwood... Can make a bit of a run in March. And if that happens, then I think we're feeling like, hey, you know, we got just as good a shot as any other team that makes the tournament. It gets the albatross off at of the shoulders a little bit, loosens everybody up. When I was at Breslin Center, I noticed that, you know, and Kara mentioned this too, and I agreed with her, that they are just loose. You know, they they weren't groaning. Even when Illinois got up six, they got up eight. They weren't groaning, they weren't really agitated. Why are they loose? They won a national title in 2000. Why are they loose? They win tournament games. So they don't take a Saturday in February as, man, if we don't win this, we probably aren't going to have many more good times this year. They're, they're looking at the big picture, which is winning in March. And that really is what matters. We all know that. They just have less angst. And of course, of course they do. Why wouldn't they? If we had as many Final Four banners, and if we had two national title banners, let alone one, we'd be a lot more easy, easy breezy as well. From Sancho. Concern level now zero. Last year's UConn team on this date, 19 and seven. Dan Hurley's best tournament result as of today, a year ago, round of 32. This team will make the tournament, and it's about bites of the apple. My concern is matchup on selection Sunday, nothing else. I love your last point, Sancho, or Sancho. That is it. Watching Selection Sunday will be very telling. I think we'll kind of know early on as to whether or not this could be a path. And then we only got to wait four or five days in order to actually see it. That's exciting. I would also agree that, and this is just a fact, DGL with a long three. Jesus Christ. Uh, Illinois trying to get the board. Yeah, I like DGL, but I don't like 30-footers. And Michigan starting to score against the Scrubs. I'm not going to take too much defensively out of this. Uh, you see, guys, watch him already. I he's fast and fluid, but what what, what else is there? L- little guy. Little guy. He he seems like he's got natural basketball talent, but boy, that's a project if I ever saw it. And then and then DGL, again, love the confidence, but damn kid. Uh, <laughs> here's Dane. Let's do a little play by play for Dane here. On Terrence Williams, the third, he kicks it over to DGL, who wants the foul, does not get it. Yeah, DGL's just kind of flying around out there. And, yeah, that's an easy two for Michigan. So they're just scoring it. Well, guys, could, could you, like, you are the scrubs, but could you not give up points with no, yeah, slow down, just milk some clock. Justin Harmon wants it. Over to Moretti. Here's DGL. You know DGL wants it. I do admire that about him. He takes it up, and that's going to be a goal ten. Well done, DGL. And we're going to take a media timeout with 2.45 to go. Now, as someone responded to Sancho, he met, well, no, he responded to himself. Also their path. 13 seed, 5 seed, 8 seed, 3 seed, 5 seed, 5 seed. The goal is to win the first weekend and hope the path breaks in front of you each and every year. All Brad needs to do is have a team good enough for a 4 seed every year, and it will eventually happen. And hey, Sancho... In this college basketball landscape, these kind of paths happen more and more and more. You won't be in Purdue's bracket. In all likelihood, you won't be. And other than a Purdue, that just scares the crap out of me because it's just a bad matchup, I think. Well, it's an interesting matchup that I think you can win at home. But I, a third time against their guards and a Zach Eady, I, I don't know. There's a drop-off. And I don't know how many great teams there are, dominant number one seeds that are surefire going to the Elite Eight, and you got to get through them to get to the Final Four. So it is true. Get through that first weekend. See if the path opens up in front of you. It very well may. From Dan. Not terribly concerned. It has been taking the opponent's A game to compete with and beat Illinois. None of this is really a precursor for anything. March is its own animal. We've seen it over 40 years now. Teams have to stop Illinois then, too, with no practical experience of how to do it. Fair point late there, Dan. I mean, I think getting into the Big Ten, there's already a familiarity with tendencies of Underwoods. Even if the personnel is different, you're going to have a little bit better idea how to attack them. That's not the case on short prep in the NCAA tournament. You just got to kind of line up and play, and that would be advantageous for this Illinois team. And from Gray Matter, maybe he's joking, Zero just waiting for spring football. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, no no I don't want to be too down on football God knows a year ago I was down on basketball up on football how the times have changed so we got 2.45 to go in this game try to bring the second half reaction and the more macro conversation into the same podcast got a couple more YouTube things to hit up here All right, so let's see here Illinois would be 8-0 against Juan Howard after this game. Well, they will win this game, so that's 8-0. And from Greg, if the team can play defense like the first half of the season, I think they can play the second week of the tourney. I would agree with that, Greg. From Ryan, Brad's got to find a transfer point guard this year, right? The team is so much better if Ty is on the court with less responsibility. 100% agree with that. From Alani on 247, the research team, the last time Illinois topped 100 points in a Big Ten game, 110 to 101 triple overtime classic at Rutgers on February 3rd, 2016. Why do I vaguely remember that game? These were the lean years, everybody. Those were the lean years. All right. Let's finish up this last 245. We got the scrubs in. DGL loves Fallon. Loves Boy, he's a Fallon machine. <coughs> he's not your starting point guard next year. I like DGL. And there's raw talent there but you will not line up next year with DGL as your starting point guard. It's almost impossible to even talk about next year's team because you're going to have four probably major pieces that you go out and get. Underwood's been pretty consistent at being able to lure talented transfers, and he'll have to do it again. And it's not easy, and it's not guaranteed. But I do think that... Oh, who's this? Red? Is it AJ Red? Yes, it is. I do think that a DGL will be a rotational piece. I think Sincere will be a rotational piece. Ty will be a starter. Merez Johnson will be a starter from day one, I believe. And then you got to get scores. You have to get scores. And if you could somehow find the Ray J. Dennis lookalike this year, I think it's even more essential. And I agree. It takes a lot of responsibility off Ty. It allows him to play off the ball, which he's not bad at. And it it just makes matchups a lot more difficult for a defense. Here's Luke with a long three. No good. And Michigan down 30. Can Illinois complete? Of course, Juwan's still playing the starters here. Hey, look at Dane getting in the passing lane. Well, no, no Terrace Reed. This is Will Shetter with a T. And this is Terrence Williams, the eighth. Taking it on A.J. Red. Getting active. They're going to call foul on A.J. Red. Stephen Bardo just could not get over the fact that Michigan brought it tonight. They really did. And Juwan, what was it that Trevor had sent me? He said Juwan knows what he's doing. Uh huh. Yeah. Listen, Steve Bardo. I'm not not going to make this an announcer thing. I met a nice guy. Uh, everyone says some clunky things now and then. I find that to be a clunky thing. God knows, I probably said twenty clunky things in this podcast. All right, here's Terrence Williams, the third at the line, trailing by 30. The free throw is up and good. Well, this hurt? See, I'm all worried about the defensive efficiency rankings. Now, there were a lot of possessions in this game. And it's all about points per possession. I'm sure there'll be a stat on Twitter about that. And that is much more important than the sheer number of points that Michigan has. Up and good for Terrence Williams, the third. Could Illinois just, like, take their time on this possession? I just kind of want to, let's milk the clock. Let's get this game over with. Remaining schedule for Illinois at Maryland Saturday, got to win it. At Penn State next Wednesday, got to win it. Iowa and Minnesota at home, and then your final three. At Wisconsin, whew, haven't even talked about them. Good God. Purdue at home and at Iowa. DGL, just, man, aggressive. He's going to the line to shoot a couple here. But win these next five, and you go in the last three with a 13-4 and Big Ten record. And I think you'll win two of those last three. There's a chance you win three of those last three because Wisconsin is slipping and we'll see where they're at then. They might garner back some of their um, mojo. I'm not counting on it. I think that the vibes up there are not good. And anytime you want to just search Greg Gard in Twitter, you'll get a pretty good indication what Wisconsin fans feel about him. We'll see where they're at, but they just aren't that good. DGL's on the board. He's got a point. Maybe he had something earlier. I'm not sure, but he's at least got one. 93 to 64 with a minute 50 to go. I'm going to hit up the sponsors before this game's over. Again, kind of a weird second half pod slash macro conversation since it'll be about a week before we get back. But the 200 levels brought to you by DPDO. I'm on dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. That is dpdo.com. Also, Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. Give them a call at 217-841-4728. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. State Farm agent Brian Hanson, online at brianismyguy.com for life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well at brianismyguy.com. And Owen Builders, LLC, online at owenbuildersllc.com. Great gallery of their work, <coughs> home additions, patios, and decks, and more at owenbuildersllc.com. Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Appreciate them as well. And appreciate you for tuning into YouTube and those watching on this earlier Tuesday game. And yeah, we're going to Vegas. We're going to uh, leave on Saturday, get back Tuesday. Another show at The Sphere with you too. Phenomenal experience. And Vegas is just awesome. Anyone that's been there knows it. So remaining schedule for Michigan. They're going to lose to Michigan State at home on Saturday. They're going to lose at Northwestern. They're going to lose to Purdue. They're going to lose at Rutgers um, at Ohio State versus Nebraska. Ugh. I mean, they might finish 5-15. and 15. Wow. They got their tougher part of the schedule coming up. I mean, they're in the tough part of the schedule right now. And they only have amassed three wins in 13 Big Ten games. Soon to be three in their first 14 Big Ten games. And, man, DGL just floating it up there. Not, not going in for him. Not going in for him. Oh, three for Michigan. Oh, no good. There we go. Helping that defensive efficiency. Illinois is probably going to... No, they'll, they'll try to score here. Let's see if one of these guys can't. Oh, shoot the ball, kid. 25. Is that Ashton Kutcher's cousin? Shoot it, kid. 21 on the shot clock. He'll get another shot at it. No, that's that's Williams. Max Williams. Will Hammer Kutcher, Kutcher, whichever, get a shot? That's why we're sticking around here. I don't think Kutcher's even out there, is he? No, he's not. Okay. Here's Dane. Last play of the game. DGL3. Jesus Christ, DGL. <laughs> Max Williams wants it. He's gonna go to the line. And he's gonna shoot one and one. All right. He got a hey, he got a board amongst the trees down there. He's not a big guy. The bench loves it. Hey, all in all, this game, hopefully a good way to get the mojo back a little bit defensively. I thought from the five-minute mark of the first half until you took, you know, the good guys out. Your defensive intensity was so much better. Max Williams makes the free throw. 96-67, Illinois. He's got one more to go here. So all in all, a positive step in the right direction, albeit against an awful Michigan team. But you know what? You did what good teams do against awful teams. 97-67, to will that 30-point lead hold? Here's Michigan, they're going to fire up one more. Max Shetter, maybe. Some other scrub, I don't know who this guy is. He draws the foul on Dame, this just won't end, but this podcast will. So thanks again everybody for tuning in. We will see you in a week after our trip to Vegas. I'll be tweeting a little bit about the Maryland game before we fly out there. Have a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you soon. It is the 200 level.